are you doing what I'm doing right now, watching uh, KU, OSU, but not really? Uh, no, I was watching, you know, uh, K-State, Jerome and I. Uh, we we didn't have um, we didn't have a lot of money at Baylor, so I don't. I, I honestly don't know how people did things, but so we were roommates for 14 years. Oh wow! So like as I as I realized when Grant McCaslin left to go to North Texas, I thought that uh my dog just walked in, so that's why my door just opened. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I thought he negotiated that he got his own room, <laughs> and so my last year there was a first year. Uh, and so I just thought assistant coaches, you just, you always shared hotel rooms. And hey, I got, long, I got a good, long I got story a good, short. Jerome was my roommate. Okay. Um, I'm going to, you know what? Uh, Patrick Prince will edit this video and I'm going to have him just start from the beginning, but I do have to throw this in to make it official that the Bill Haston podcast can be downloaded for free on Apple podcasts. Uh, on Spotify, on uh, it can be heard on TulsaWorld.com, on any platform that has a good podcast. Paul, you can hear this podcast. That, that's for real. And I'm on to, it. But, but today, uh, because I think Paul is like me in that we're both wired for late nights, mm-hmm. uh, I have no problem with functioning late at night. Um, and it is, what, 10 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night. And uh, But I'm with... Uh, Oral Oral Roberts coach, Paul Mills, who I have a vivid memory of uh, your introductory news conference six years ago. That The, the punchline is that it's been six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Six years ago. It's unbelievable. But your command of scripture and rap lyrics uh, – <laughs> Was unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> with Kelly Hines, and we just like elbowing each other. Can you? <laughs> it was so strong. So Paul Mills is one of the hottest coaches in the country. His program is one of the hottest men majors in the country. I I shouldn't even qualify. It's one of the hottest programs in the country. And Oral Roberts has two more home games on the regular season schedule: Thursday against North Dakota, Saturday against North Dakota State. Seven o'clock tip both games. It's been a magical season. You guys are undefeated in conference play. Uh, you have the second longest win streak in the country. And these are great times for Paul Mills and, and the ORU Golden Eagles. Well, first, Bill, one, thanks for having me on. Two, when you grow up where I grew up, one, my father was a pastor. Mark Few and I tease each other because I always – he. We may be the only two college coaches whose dads were pastors. So if you have a dad who's a pastor, you're going to learn a little bit about the Bible. And when I grow up, rap was strong. I mean, yeah. rap was coming on the scene. And it was right. uh, it, it was kind of what we did. That was what you memorized was rap lyrics. And my dad would make me memorize a, a Bible verse or two and uh, <laughs> to make sure I was walking the, the straight and narrow. But uh, uh the, those are those two are, are kind of indwelled in my head and, and I still listen to quite a bit of rap today. It's different uh than the rap that I listened to back in the 1980s. But who did you listen is, to in the uh, 80s? Well, NWA was really, really popular. Uh mm-hmm. they, they recently made a movie about it about five or six years ago. 
And so you knew that one, but I would just tell you, you know, Cool Mo D, LL Cool J, Biz Marquee, you know, a lot of what the Grammys just celebrated when they got up and did 50 years of rap history. I sit there, my daughter was going, how do you know everybody? Right. <laughs> it was, this is what you grew up on. And then there were a number of people in the city of Houston who were Houston favorites uh, that everybody could always um, recite the lyrics to. So, like uh, uh, good Bush, times. Bushwick Bill, was he one? Bushwick Bill and the Ghetto Boys. I am impressed that you even know that. You're not dealing with a rookie here now. <laughs> that now, is so before impressive. We, before we slide it into uh, uh, hardcore basketball here, I got to tell you, uh, there used to be an annual event here called Tulsa Charity Fight Night, and it was a boxing event. And so yeah. Ali came in here, and Joe Frazier came in here, and all these uh, dignitaries from the fight game. But one year, uh, and they would throw a curveball now and then and bring in an entertainment-type person, right? And one year they brought in Flavor Flav, and I went with the limo driver to pick him up at the airport, and not knowing really what to expect. He was on oh my. <laughs> Sweet to everybody at the at the uh, baggage claim because everybody wanted a picture, of course. Yeah, but and, and and interestingly enough, now that you're here with me, uh, on that same flight connection from Dallas back to Tulsa was a, a group of I don't know what sport it was, but it was they were female Oral Roberts athletes. Okay, and they were on that flight with Flavor Flav, and they mobbed him for pictures. <laughs> but they all got their feet on the ground and got to baggage claim, and he could That's not. Awesome. Awesome. more sweet to everybody so i every so when flavor flav and chuck d jumped out there sunday night yeah yeah strong now yeah. that was a grammy moment in a long time i thought uh i i don't watch the grammys uh i i have a 15 year old daughter so uh she she it was more monitoring and then when that came on you know you were like man i, I know public enemy and uh and and the whole litany of people that were going through there. Right. So she didn't she didn't know who anybody was, but it was fun for me. So you had this amazing run two years ago, uh, up at Indy. And um and I remember riding uh, you, you beat Ohio State. I, I'm yeah, in that order, Ohio State and Florida, a fifth uh, you beat a two and a seven uh to advance to the sweet sixteen against Arkansas. And I remember riding that week. Uh, let's hope Oral Roberts can capitalize on this momentum. And lo and behold, uh, you get a signature donation. You're you're on. You're this close to finishing the Carter Center, Mike Carter Center, which is going to be an unbelievable practice facility. Uh, and now here you are. Uh, you know what? All the prep I did for this, and I forgot to look at your net ranking today. Where are you? 37, 38, 38. Hey, is, do we know absolutely that's the highest Oral Roberts has ever been? I mean, that, that particular well, metric is only like six years old, but but it's got to uh, be, right? Yeah, we, we, we were 36 two days ago, but uh, oh. we've, we've since dropped a couple. But, yeah, I mean, 36 is the highest that we've ever been, given that the net is only about four years old. So uh, yeah, uh, 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 de definitely the highest. I will tell you that. You know, going to Indianapolis, I, I, I have a very, just like you, vivid memory. I, I can remember places where I was standing and what I was doing and when I said it. But I, I can tell you the exact spot where I was standing when I was talking to you on the phone. 
And I just said, man, I hope we can tie the 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 record here right. at ORU for NCAA tournament wins. I, I I kicked myself in the rear for putting that kind of ceiling on us. Uh, I, I should have just said, you know, why limit it to two, right? Uh, right. I, I wish I would have thought through that answer a little bit better. But, you know, Indianapolis obviously was a fun experience. It was a fun experience for your guys. We still have five players on this team who had that experience. Three of them are starting. And then DJ Weaver's uh, among it, the who's going to be in, in the running for sixth man of the year in our conference. So he's the one who hit the big shot against Florida to, to put us up. So we have four guys who were major contributors to that team. Um, three three of them who starting now started then. And so it's like going to a nice restaurant two years ago and then trying to feed yourself McDonald's. You're like, can we go back to the nice restaurant? So I think your players have a really good memory about that experience. They're hungry to experience it again. And so to have that level of experience who's done it, uh, they're motivated. And, you know, I, I don't really have to do a whole lot. I have a lot of senior leaders. I have guys who've been through the fire, um, the good and the bad. And so they understand the urgency at which you have to approach practice, at which you have to approach games. As I told them yesterday, the championship game isn't going to be played today. And, and so we have to develop the things, the habits, the execution, the discipline that's necessary in order to be good today. Because when that championship game does come, obviously we need to be prepared. But I, I do have a group that all they're thinking about is how do we win Thursday night? It's uh, it's so impressive. You do have a what in my mind anyway is a more complete team than you had uh, two years ago with a more yeah. potent bench. Uh, but to have uh, Max, of course, is second in the country in scoring. Um, you are second, I think, in uh, scoring margin as a team. I mean, I could go on and on. Connor Vanover, second in the country, 86 block shots. You know, the next highest total in the Summit League is 44. It's <laughs> almost lapped the field uh, in the Summit League with block shots. And Isaac McBride's a really, really good second scorer. And Kareem Thompson is one of those Jay Billis glue guys, you know. Uh, who I was surprised to see today. He's in the top 10 in the league in, in assists. You've got three of those guys. Max, yeah. McBride, and Kareem Thompson are all in the top 10 uh, of the Summit League in assists. So, uh, But it feels like maybe the X factor and, – and, and you've got a better bench, I mean, with all due respect. Uh, yeah. You do. Uh, but, but it feels to me like Vanover is kind of maybe – uh, an X factor you didn't have because he protects. Although Kevin O'Banner was, you know, obviously a great player, but I mean, Connor Vanover seven five. I saw a picture of you and him together <laughs> a few days ago. And that, like, that that was a bad move. Uh, I was on the stage next to him. <laughs> uh, I, I was on the stage with Beckham, uh, the young man that we signed here out of Oklahoma and who has a, a, a congenital heart issue. And Beckham's five, and he's a trooper, has, has had five heart surgeries at the age of five. But uh, I get off the stage to let some of the players on, and I go stand next to Connor. Probably not the best optic in the world. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you're under six foot, standing next to that guy. But I, I do agree that, I mean, I think we have better – 
uh, depth. I mean, you're, you're talking about the eighth guy right now on our roster of the eight that we play um, is Trey Phipps. And Trey Phipps is really good. And 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 so we have way more depth than, than what we did two years ago. We are the second leading team in the country in scoring. Um, I think Gonzaga is 85.4. We're 85.2 a game. And and we're we're actually the number one team in the country in offensive efficiency. And so offensively, we're as good as it gets in the country. What Connor Vanover allows that we didn't have in previous years is a rim protector. And I, I can recall after a game last year where, you know, the Summit League has been for the last 11 years, number one in three-point field goal percentage. So you have to get out on shooters because right. if you let teams shoot in this league, you're going to be in for it. So I can recall a game where a young man, Luke Apple, who's at South Dakota State, averaged 12, and he went for 41 on us. And that's because we were so pushed out on shooters. We were going to go one-on-one at the post. And we were trying to change it during the game and throw different guys at him and different teams. But that match was lit, and it was hard to put out. And I remember the next day at film, I'm irate. And I'm just – I'm bouncing off the walls, and I'm letting the guys really raw know what I think. And I tell them, we are going to bring in a seven-footer who can guard people like this. Like, if you don't get committed to it, and in the back of my mind, I'm hoping it's a motivational tactic, uh, but reality is in staff meetings. And so to get somebody of Connor's caliber um, is is great. He he played with Isaac McBride in high school, uh, so Isaac knew him. Um, I was obviously, he's being recruited by a number of schools. So the the fact that that he could shoot the ball like he can – and, and to allow Max to be kind of a dual threat, like, what do y'all want to do? Do you want to stop Max on his penetration? If you do, we have a a, a five-man who can make you pay. And, and you know, if you want to uh, uh, switch it, now we can roll a five-man into the post who can make shots around the rim. But his value for us has been defensively, and it's why – where tops in our league defensively. Um, and he's got a lot to do, obviously, with what we do offensively. He's, Paul, he's made 38 three-point baskets this year. Uh, I He would be the first one to tell you that he's disappointed at only shooting 35%. And I don't want to get too nerdy on you with numbers, but, you know, 35% is a 1.05 points per possession, which is really good, okay? Anytime you can get over a one, and so if you shoot 50% from two, right, 50 times two, that's a one point per possession. And so he's better. Uh, he can he can do things from behind the three-point line that are over a one, and, and that makes you pretty good offensively. But I, I, I do think as you see him, he'll be better down the stretch. Uh, I just think familiarity and all of those things will breed confidence. And right. he's a gamer. I'm just telling you. Kid is a gamer. He uh, but he's also a young man who wants to play twelve years of pro basketball, and he wants to he wants to shoot thirty nine percent. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. My my challenge to him when we recruited him was, can you be a one eighty guy? Right. The NBA's had nine of them. Um, can you fifty percent from two, forty percent from three, ninety percent from the free throw line? And and he shot ninety two percent 
So I knew the free throws were not going to be a problem. We knew he could shoot better than 50% from two point range. And we, we've, we, we've been creeping around between this 35 and 40% mark. But I, I do think that, um, he, he's one of those guys who can be a 180 guy. I mean, if you look at in, in the NBA context, I mean, you're, you're talking about Larry Bird, Reggie Miller. I mean, right. elite level guys. Uh, Oklahoma people will be familiar. Buddy Hield was an 80%, uh, was a 180 guy uh, during his time at Oklahoma. They're just really rare at whatever level of basketball. But he has that capability. Right. So if I had... Two years ago, after you missed by one inch from going to the Elite Eight, uh, a few days after that, uh, Max goes to the NBA Combine. If I had told you then, two years from now, if I I had said two years from now, we're going to be back together talking about OU basketball. At that time, were you really worried that he might go ahead and leave school or – was it just a kind of a 50-50 deal on how he performed in Chicago? How were you feeling coming off of the high of the tournament and then Max goes to the combine? Yeah, I mean, it, this is 100%. I'm, I'm sincere when I say this. I want these guys to go to the NBA. You, you hate losing good players. We don't get these guys for 18 years like Tim Duncan. You know, we don't get to hold on to them forever. The better the chance he goes to the NBA, the better we can get a player of that caliber to come in. Uh, People want to know, can I get to the NBA from ORU? And right now, that year, we finished 27th in the final voting. Um, We're we're looking at 33 right now in the AP Top 25 poll. We're eight uh, below as we get votes. So people want to know, can you... At a school like ORU, can you be nationally ranked? And what Max has proven is you can get national attention. He's a Naismith finalist, right, among the, the final 30 players to be recognized as college basketball player of the year. He, he's got more accolades than you and I have time to, to run through. So you can get national attention here. You can advance in the NCAA tournament here. Can you consistently be a top 25 team here? And, and, and I think that, you know, recruits, Families, they have those questions. You obviously believe you can. Uh, I've told every recruit here, I mean, since I've been here, we've watched other teams go to the Final Four. I mean, we've watched VCU do it. We've watched Wichita State. Schools without football, obviously Gonzaga, Butler. uh, People are very familiar with those stories. But, yeah, everybody remembers Loyola Chicago from four years ago. And so the, the, the reality is, is it can be true for your experience. Now, I'm just telling you, you've got to be a good enough player and we're going to help you become better, but you have to be driven as a player. I want Max A. Smith to be driven as a player and and I've told him this, but I honestly believe, and this, this is going to sound crazy, uh, but I believe he's going to have as good, if not better, a career as Isaiah Thomas. Uh, who came out of Washington and was a 60th pick in the NBA draft. And I, I believe he was a two-time All-Star. And and Max has that ability to shoot. He's got that speed. And his, the, his nuances to the game when he gets to the NBA, if you look at it athletically, I mean, at the NBA Combine, he's among the best in a number of different categories. He's the fastest uh, at the NBA cap. 
there at the NBA Combine. And that's elite of the elite now. And so he's got all of it. It's just for him, it'll take a little bit of time. Um, And and I think he's going to be a heck of an NBA player. But we enjoy him now. uh, And and the great thing about him is he's been patient. He's been committed. And I'm just unaware of too many players I've been around who've been patient and committed that it didn't work for. I've been around players that have been committed, but they couldn't stay patient. And I've been around players that have been patient but their commitment wavered and uh, he's been both and, and he's going to see the dividends of it. But the, the individual, uh, uh, the numbers, the awards or the recognition plus uh, what your team has done with Max in the program. I mean, he's a Mount Rushmore guy to me at that program. He's, he's really good. I go back to an article you wrote two years ago. I mean, Kate Cunningham was, the number one player in the draft, and you said, listen, I think I'd take him second uh, out of everybody. And you know what? That 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 was when he was 19 years old. So now that he's 21, uh, fortunately for us, he's gotten better. And I'm just telling you a huge shout-out to Troy and Erica, his mom and his dad. Uh, and and I'm, they are just fabulous people. They keep him very grounded. He shows up every day wanting to compete. and. I mean, a lot of freshmen I have issues with because they just they don't go hard enough. They just don't understand. He's understood from day one, and he finished behind some guy named uh, uh, Anthony Edwards, who uh, ended up being the first pick in the NBA draft uh, in, in three-point field goals made as a freshman. And and you just knew, like, okay, if we can get – he was off the ball for us his freshman year. Like, we've got to get him better on the ball. And you know what? He embraced every bit of it, the work, the time, all that was necessary. And he's turned himself into a heck of a player. And more importantly, he's turned himself into a guard that whose game will translate to the next level. Right. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I'm not going to like recite the names of the guys I would not have on the Mount Rushmore. But but Max is one of the four all timers at that school. There's no question. It's, uh, it's fun to watch him. So Saturday night will be a little bittersweet for, for all of us in the Maybe oh, no. Center. But uh, 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 moving forward, I, I think that the world will get, a hopefully, uh, another chance to see Max Aismas on the big stage. Did you uh, – so uh, you saw the outpouring of love for LeBron last week. Something else you and I have in common is our appreciation of Michael Jordan. So you saw the outpouring of – of affection for LeBron when he became the scoring champion. And I stood up and gave him a little golf applause and sat right back yep. down. I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't change my mind one bit about Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's what, what I saw LeBron when he was a sophomore in high school, um, right after he had appeared on the cover of sports illustrated and was blown away with his talent. But, I will tell you, just, I mean, everybody walked out of there. I can remember being with some coaches, Ben Howland specifically, um, the longtime UCLA and and recently at Mississippi State. And uh, he said, Paul, have you ever seen passing ability like that? And I said, not out of a 16-year-old, right? So for LeBron to have the longevity that he's had to score the way that he's going, I don't even know know that that's his best skill. His best skill is his ability to see the floor. 
Yeah. Well, uh, where did you see him as a sophomore? Were you in Vegas at a turn? At a no, I was in Houston. Um, they, they came and uh, get this. His, uh, the high school team that he played on, they had Kendrick Perkins, who's an ESPN analyst now, right? Uh, hey, uh-huh. I think they were the same age. And then the, the other team had Josh Smith and Dwight Howard. Um, or I know, yeah, yeah, they were playing the Atlantic Celtics. And they were younger, obviously. I think they were freshmen at the time. But all of those guys were around the same age. And the only guy who's still in the NBA is uh, LeBron. <laughs> and, and, and Dwight's on um, some Navy SEAL show or something uh, on TV. And uh, LeBron's still going strong. Yeah, now that I, I mean, I, I don't ever like like I, I never question or argue with anybody who wants to say that LeBron's the best. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to argue it because I mean, it's just you could just play ping pong with that all. Yeah, night. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but uh, if you if you bundle everything Jordan did, Paul, it's just it the all defensive. Uh, what was he? Eight or ten time All Defensive First Team guy. He was MVP of every Finals. He was a, a league MVP. Golly, uh, yeah, he he averaged thirty eight a game one season. Yeah, uh, his sec- his second uh, his second year. You know, I mean, yeah, just just. I mean, I I think it's great for guys like you and me because we saw Larry Bird, we saw Magic Johnson. Uh, we saw Michael. We've seen LeBron. We've seen all these guys in their prime. Usually, the guys you get into arguments with over LeBron, they're usually under the age of thirty. Uh, <laughs> but but we kind of man, we were able to watch it. Where I mean, everybody remembers it was the Celtics and the and the Lakers there with Magic and Kareem and Bird and McHale. And right. then all of a sudden, Detroit comes on the scene, and then you know Chicago then comes on. And and three years, and then you have the Akeem Olajuwon Houston Rockets. They win two when Jordan leaves the league. Jordan comes back. He wins three more. I think Jordan could have ran off eight uh, in a row had it no had you know not been for his father's death and all that's involved. But I mean, we we had the chance to see David Robinson and Tim Duncan and Akeem Olajuwon, and you know, I mean, Mark Aguirre is no bum. Uh, but but when we were in the Mark Aguirre and. and Obviously, the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and then to watch it into this, I just think you and I have been blessed just to see a level of basketball that's pretty elite. And the good thing is that these athletes get better and better and better. They're going to keep doing it. And I think that's what was different than Jordan and what was different than Oscar Robertson and what was different than Wilt is they were just so far ahead of who their competition was and athletes are going to get bigger and they're going to get stronger and science is going to improve and they're going to get faster and leap higher and all those things but when you make it comparable to the same people that they were going against who had the same resources and to watch how far they are ahead that's what says a lot about the oscars and the wilts and the michaels in my mind well i, I do not want to get into this except to say that guys being uh, guys and organizations being satisfied with playing sixty-two games instead of trying to play eighty-two, I will never, <laughs> never be okay. Yeah, with that. yeah. Uh-uh. Not unless you're going to say, "Well, okay, we're going to load manage 
whatever all-star on this game. So we're going to cut these tickets back 35%. They're not. Yeah. And I just feel sick for people who get uh, thunder tickets for Christmas and they say, Oh, uh, I get to see so-and-so come in to Oklahoma city. And then that so-and-so like Luca Dallas played there recently. And I said, I still, I told a couple of guys, ain't no way Luca's going to (laughs) play. No way. And he didn't. Uh, yeah, that really bugs me. That part of the NBA. well, I as somebody who grew up poor and didn't have much, and who camped out at four in the morning to see Michael at two o'clock in the afternoon, and was the first person in line. Um, my dad saved up money, and I can't imagine uh, just a Michael Jordan fan like me and my dad breaking his back in order to get us you know, section 200 tickets at the Houston Rockets summit uh, uh, is where, summit. where they played at the summit to, to watch Michael Jordan. I can't imagine him saying, eh, it's a load management game for me. Uh, oh. I, I, you know, 12 year old Paul Mills would have been crushed. When you, when you were in line to see MJ, was it a shoe event? Is that what it was? No, it was, I mean, we saw them in the Houston Chronicle, Michael Jordan's coming to and I think it was probably a promotional item um but what happened was was hey stand outside my mom sat in the parking lot I was first person in line at Westbrook Mall and 4 a.m now (laughs) not the (laughs) safest in the world did it anyway and they let us in at nine um about two o'clock here comes Mike and it was chaos I mean whatever line was wrapped around the building that line went to shreds and he walked out and it was as if, you know, uh, Michael Jackson had walked out or Elvis Presley or whoever. And it's chaos and it takes them five minutes. Well, by the time they reassemble the line, I'm like halfway in the back. And the security guard who had been there the whole time searches me out and finds me and brings me to the front of the line. And so I get to see Michael first. Right. And he said, uh, he, he said, hey, you come with me. I know you were here first. So the only face that he remembered, was, I, in my mind, you know, was me. And, I, and Michael said, you've been waiting here all night. Just, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> that was about all I could muster. And he signed a poster and something else. And it was, uh, this was I, I, re- I, re- I remind is- our guys all the time you just never know how much that stuff means like give these kids high five when they're hanging over the raptors they'll remember it and and you may not think much of it you may be disappointed at the moment but i'm just telling you this stuff and how you treat people is going to go a lot further than you realize it's so funny you say that because after (laughs) uh, the most recent game i attended which was a couple of saturdays ago as kareem thompson was leaving the gym uh, there was a family there with maybe four kids uh, ranging in age from two to six, you know, and a couple of fam- families there together. And he spent time with those kids and everybody got a high five and everybody got a little bit of attention. And oh, and 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 then uh, I think Kareem posts for a picture with him and then your mascot, he bulls in there and gets it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, we do remind our guys, and, and obviously you want them to get the attention. Uh, we, we had a situation this past weekend during uh, halftime where a dad brought his two boys out while we were coming back on the court to warm up. 
to take pictures with Connor. It's like, eh, you know, there, there are times guys when you have to say no, right. uh, but, and, and I'm not telling you, you have to say yes, sometimes, right. You, you just, you may not see it. You, you may over, but listen, go out of your way every chance you get to make people feel special and, uh, and, and do it with a smile on your face. It's, it's not a burden. You're really not that important. I'm not that important. And, and let's just take the extra mile just because putting a smile on somebody's face, um, you just never know how far that stuff will go. All right. No. All right. Last question. When you take your squad to Sioux Falls in a few days <clears throat> for the tournament and we, uh, uh, you and I talked at length about Sioux Falls and the nature of uh, uh, the, well, this is my word. You didn't exactly use this word, but the really unfair nature of the Summit League tournament in that it's locked up in South Dakota. Yeah. And it's a decided advantage for the Dakota schools. Um, yeah. So, but when you do take your team to suit to South Dakota, uh, are you going to be, how how peacefully will you sleep that week because you don't want to you you want first of all i don't know how you feel about the possibility you could get an at large if if you'd come up a bucket short in the championship game at sioux falls uh, i should have said that i'm kind of burying that i mean uh, how do you feel about the possibility that you could actually get an at large if if you stumble at the finish line of the of the summer league tournament yeah, I feel okay about it. I mean, nobody's ever going to feel great. I mean, I've been on that side to where it's like you cannot sleep uh, because for basketball coaches, NCAA selection Sunday is like Christmas. And you can either spend Christmas at home with your family and be happy about it, or you can be separated from it. Uh, I'd like to spend selection Sunday with my guys and my team, and uh, I, I don't want to be – separated from them because uh, I know separation you, is you're not getting an invite. So right. uh, uh, I, I've been on that side of it. Last year, the cutoff was 36. Texas A&M was 36. Xavier was 37. Um, both of those played in the NIT final. Um, so, I mean, you're at 38. You were at 36 the other day. Uh, we, we need to climb higher. We probably need to be in low 30s um, if you lose a quad three game. Um, it, it, the college basketballs broke up into quadrants and it's not as simple as top 25% quad one and so forth, but it, it's, um, I, I think we, we have to see how these last two weeks play out, have to see where the numbers are. Uh, I do talk to Joe Lenardi quite a bit, uh, just cause I want the best information possible and also want to do the things possible. Right. The one thing I will say is I don't want to be penalized because we're poor. You know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't think people should be penalized because they're poor. Um, just because we don't get the same number of quad one opportunities because we don't have the resources, we shouldn't be penalized for that. And somebody right. shouldn't be rewarded because they're rich. Uh, there's only nine schools in the country right now who, who haven't lost a quad two, quad three, quad four game. And if you go look at them, the other eight, whether they be Purdue, Baylor, Kansas, whoever, uh, they're all projected in the field. So we're one of nine um, who, who, who haven't stumbled against the quad two, quad three, quad four. And, uh, but we should not be penalized because our conference isn't a mega conference. 
Our team should be evaluated based on who our team is, and we shouldn't be penalized because we're not amongst a Power Five conference and we didn't get a play because we just don't get the same number of opportunities. So we played the fourth toughest non-conference schedule in the country, and it wasn't as if we were ducking and hiding, trying to avoid, let's just try to go get 20 wins because I know coaches who do that. Um, you can schedule 20 wins. That's not that hard. Right. Um, and, and we didn't do that. And, and we've been fortunate um, to be on the right side of games. But um, we played all four of our quad ones on a road. I sure would like to play some of them in neutral games uh, because we've seen how we've been able to, to do things on a neutral floor, whether it be Ohio State, Florida, or Arkansas in 2021. Well, you've got really not just this season, but you've had great momentum with your attendance, home game attendance. Your student sections have been unbelievable. You got a quad yeah. student section, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a difference maker. It really is. No doubt. No and, doubt. And so, like you said, Max is a final couple of home games. So uh maybe center should be popping this weekend. Thursday and Saturday. I'm told Thursday night the lower bowl is already sold out and a good portion of the upper bowl is already filled. And, and I think Saturday night um, yeah. it'll be packed as well. Oh, yeah. It'll be hot. Uh, and then, but I'll wrap it up with this. If, if I ask you if you'll sleep peacefully sure. the week of the conference tournament, because you don't want a special season to end earlier than it has to end, and you want that experience again. But I would sleep a lot more peacefully having the best team in the league than I would if I had the third or fourth. And yeah. you, have, you have the best team in the league. There's no yeah. doubt. And, and you know what? You you want to walk in with a fully loaded arsenal. And I, I've got – we're fully loaded. We're healthy. Uh, we, we've got everything we need. You talking about sleep. I mean – uh, uh, I woke up at 4.15 this morning. Scott Drew had texted me at, at 2 a.m. I texted him back at 4.15 because I fell asleep last night at like midnight. Uh, but I was up at 4.15 this morning uh, because I'm sweating Thursday. Uh, it's just, hey, well, how do you get by Thursday? And I, I took a 1 o'clock to 1.45 nap. So uh, my, my sleep schedule this time of year, I don't really care about it. But I, I do think your mind is just racing. Uh, you're constantly in front of a video screen. Like, man, how do I give my guys the best chance possible? Um, I, I, I think we have great players. They've been in this environment before. They understand it. They're motivated. Uh, I tell our guys often, uh, it's a coach's job to love their players. Uh, and it's a player's job to love each other. But even though coaches love their players, they don't always like them. I like my guys. I enjoy being around them. And uh, and we want to stretch this out as long as possible. And I do think we have a special crew. Um, and, and I'm telling you, we will just take this. I know this is very cliche, but uh, we, we won't look past the championship game isn't until March the 7th. And so uh, we, we can't win the March 7th game today. Uh, so let's just focus on today. And I think if we can make sure our focus is right, we can prevent distractions that uh, we'll, 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 be, we'll be hopefully in, in a really good situation as we enter into March and NCAA. I've never seen you wear a pair of glasses 
Do you not wear corrective lenses? No, not for uh, – now, I, I've gotten to a point age-wise to where the magnifying reading glasses really help me. Uh, and so if I'm – when I start staring at a screen for a while uh, or reading stuff, that, that stuff does help. You're a lucky man. All right. Well, I'll, I will see you at the Maybe Center this weekend, Paul. I owe you. Thank well, you. Bill, one, thanks for the time. Thanks for uh, for for – for your support of Max, uh, you you were way ahead of the game on that well, one. I, uh, I do remember what you alluded to. You said – I think what I wrote was uh, if, if there was a pickup game involving all the college players in Oklahoma, yeah. I could see where Cade would be the first guy taken. Yeah. But the second guy for me would be Max. No yeah. doubt. I think I wrote and, that maybe before the NCAA tournament. I don't oh, know. You wrote it after we played Oklahoma State. He went for 38-7. and seven. There you go. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> so it was, our, it was like our third game of the year. And yeah. uh, uh, he, he I mean, it was during a COVID year. But for, for, for him to continue, last year he was hurt. I don't think people really understand that he probably only played at 75, 80%. So to see Max back to being Max and just knowing that his trajectory is going to be so high, um, yeah. he, he he's good enough to help us. All right. Go get you a nap. And uh, <laughs> that's what it'll be. Green, and I'll uh, I'll see you Thursday night. Bill, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Paul.